Now, the greatest story never told with Miles and Thrill. Drop this one. There it is. Greatest story never told podcast. Welcome to Tolos here. We're uh, episode number 71. Never thought we'd make it this far. Hell no. Uh, keep in mind, uh, if you'd like to be an unofficial sponsor of the Greatest Story Never Told podcast, shoot us an email and uh, show that you made a donation to our three local Fisher houses. Those guys are uh, doing amazing work. I uh, had someone come up to me the other day and say, uh, hey, man, I know you don't know me, um, but I just found out that you are a, a part of the Men's Room Original Red from Elysian Brewing Company. And I said, well, I, I work on the radio show, and, and we sponsor the beer through Elysian. And, and he said, well, you know, he wasn't really familiar with the radio show, but he'd heard that, that I was somehow involved with the man show with yeah. Elysian and the beer. You know what I mean? They right? all remember the name of the beer, yeah. but never the show. Yeah. I love your Men's Room Red because you're on that man show. Yeah. And that's it was nice. And he said, um, and I've since I've I've I've, ch- I've chatted with a guy a number of times. His name is Ian. And he's a he's a he's a really good guy. He is uh, he had some family that was uh, that was going through some difficult times, multiple surgeries, things like this. And he had multiple family that was coming in uh, because the family's pretty spread out. Typical military family, right? Uh, right through right. and through, uh, the, the parents where the children were. So um, he was just like, I just want to say thanks, man, because. Uh, my family was, it was like over a year and a half. Whatever it was, it was just absolutely insane. And he said, I don't know if you know how much that meant. And just as far as, you know, they were aware of the, the men's room read there within the Fisher house. Mm-hmm. It was kind of that story gets told in there as well. So that's kind of how he found out about it. And the bar that I was in has men's room read and has from the very beginning. Thank you, Mike's Chili Parlor. Um, and uh, it was just, it was just, man, you know, it, it's, it's a humbling thing to, to go and, 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 and visit. And in all honesty, we haven't been since the COVID thing hit or anything like that. But at the same time, to hear a firsthand account of someone talking to you about how this has made a difference in their family's lives, you realize the power of the Fisher House. You feel good for our listeners who went out there about Men's Room Original Red. Well, see, to me, that's the to thing. To fund the three locations. Because we, we do get a lot of thanks for that, and I understand it. Right, and we have nothing but gratitude, and we're very happy to be a part of it. But really, we have very little to do with it. You know, we we have our name on a beer that Elysian created, and we all agreed this is the beer we want our name on, right? And the beer's been out there, but it's up to people to buy the beer. And luckily, most of our listeners are drunks, uh, so they've generated a lot of income. But but that's the truth of it. Like, look, we have our name on this beer, and I thoroughly enjoy the beer. Luckily, other people thoroughly enjoy it, but. It, we have not gone out and spent $1 million of our own money no. for that's, Fisher House. That's this is people to, listening. Though. And the thing is, a lot of people that buy the beer are very aware of the connection. So to make that choice, uh, knowing that they're giving money to this thing, it's like, look, man, we have to accept the thank you kind of on behalf of everyone that listens. And that's, that's, that's exactly that's what such a weird thing. Cause it's so yeah. humbling to hear this, but in your mind, you're like, look, honestly, man, we— I'm not we brewing the beer. As individuals, right? We don't <laughs> brew it. We don't label it. We, we put our hops. name on it. Yeah. I drink it. Drink it. Right. Exactly. Yeah, we drink and, it. and he drinks it, and all of his friends drink it because of that. Sure, man. And they're loyal to the beer because of that. They're loyal to the Elysian brand because but of that. But that's what I mean. They they are doing more than we are in that sense, right. you know. So it was it was cool to you know to hear that 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 firsthand story, and it was just like wow, man. That's and you know me, I'm in a bar, and I'm watching sports, and I'm just kind of like ah, and then I hear this heavy story, and I'm like. Wow, <laughs> we were a part of something. Yeah, we did something. Something good, man. You know man. what I mean? Like we did some good, and, and then I told him, like, it wasn't us; it was the listeners. You know what I mean? And but we all did. It's a it's a collective effort. It's I mean, it's, I think that's what I like I've, most I've drank, about it. I've man. drank a lot of that beer. Yeah. Hopefully, you have too. Every one of us all pitches in together. We form that human chain. We can get some crap done. You know. 
But I like that. That's what I like about Red Festival when we could do it. Back in the good old days when people could get together. Yeah. It was just cool because people showed up. from Like, there's no bells. There's no whistles. People literally showed up just to drink with us. And men's room is flowing. And sure. it's like we know we generate a lot of income on that day for Fisher House. But we always invite the Fisher House there for, uh, mm-hmm. for Red Festival. Let me just say on a quick side note. One of the things I like most about Fisher House, uh, and this has nothing to do with what they do, but when we invite them to Red Festival itself, I feel deep down there are certain things everybody wants to do. Everybody wants to win a major award, you know, Grammy, whatever, because we've all practiced the speech, right? We know we're not in the running, but it's, it's one of those things that would feel good. Uh, but also, who has not wanted to hand someone a giant check? And look, in, in the course of life, and Pretty I mean, cool. I actually mean this. This is so stupid, and it's such a small detail. But once a year, back when we could get together, it's, we would get real excited because they're legitimately those mm-hmm. giant checks like you won a Publishers Clearinghouse, but it would always show up at the studio before we take it down to Redfest. Right. So for like a week, we're all just staring at this big-ass check, and we're like, I know it sounds dumb, but I don't care who you are. Tell me you don't want, well, actually, you'd rather get it, but tell me you don't want to hand someone the giant check. Quick side note about those giant checks. Believe it or not, those things are legally binding. So it's not just a prop. It turns if you went to the mm. bank, I mean, you, you, you can get a big ass check. Yeah, you can't fit it through the vacuum tube. Right. But if you took it in and said, "Hey, man, here's our what, like six by four check," they'll catch it for you. Right. And we are very close to a million dollars on this. And just uh, and we mentioned this before, but in case you didn't know, uh, as far as the funding goes in the Fisher House, there are uh, let's say if there's a hundred Fisher Houses in the United States, they're constantly trying to build new ones for different military hospitals and and whatever needs to be addressed at that point in time. But the three local Fisher houses here are completely funded through Men's Room Original Red. So they do not have to give any money to the three locations here because you take really? care of it by drinking the beer. So I know they take a that point. money. There might be a new uh, house being built in Albuquerque, New Mexico right now. The money that would normally come up here goes there. So if you could, when you go to donate, you want to be an unofficial sponsor, just check, just make sure you donate it to the, to the local Fisher houses in the area because they're not, they need the help. You know what I mean? Because they're not getting that funding anymore. So it's the beer sales. It's your donations. Sausage. It's sausage. It's all those things. So. I will say this, though. Uh, one of the prouder things, and I think I speak for the show, as far as the Fisher House, when we first started this partnership with them, they had two Fisher Houses in the area. And people started buying the beer, and it generated, like Miles said, a lot of funds uh, for their business. It generated enough funds that they built the third. They did. I mean, think yeah. about this. Yeah. So now there's three. There were two when we started, but that third one basically has been financed through the sales of uh, the men's room beer, man. Yeah. And like so, I just that is you. the coolest, coolest feeling. And that's on you, so thank you guys. Okay, so we got an email here. Except you, you, Gary. Can you guys please do it? You know you are. Designated driver, not drinking beer. You're doing nothing. Sure, Jay, you get people home safe. Nobody cares. Gary. I like this guy's name, J.R. Murphy. All he right. says, can you guys do a greatest story never told about the time thrill almost kid, uh, killed Ted by rolling the car? That from Jay. Now, you well, might be thinking to yourself, guys, You've already did this. I've heard the story about when uh, Steve was driving and uh, almost killed Ted with Christy Shake. That was a golf cart. That was a golf cart. This is not the same story. No, and it was Ted almost killed me by rolling the car. That is correct, yes. Oh. Yeah, Monroe Speedway. They invite, in retrospect, this is a terrible idea. So, Evergreen Speedway uh, up in Monroe. Is yeah. It Monroe Speedway or Evergreens? Evergreen. No, it, it's Evergreen Speedway. Evergreen Speedway. That's where you go to the fair with your kids. And Monroe. Right, 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 right. Trust me, the memories come back. So, <laughs> they invite us up as a show. There's four of us. Ben is producing at the time. And they said, hey, man, you guys can race the Hornets. If you don't know, these are refurbished kind of crappy cars, top speed about 40 miles an hour, maybe. But you zip around uh, the track. They go faster than that. They're, they're, they're four cylinder cars. Oh, right, right. So, it's like, you know, if you have a 
Honda Civic, you can race it. They, sure. they can go 85, 90 miles an hour. So we agree. We said, yeah, man, we'll do, how cool is that, right? And, and again, we have no business doing this, but we show up and uh, we get the helmets and everything. Well, we don't bring our own cars. And to me, Obviously. this is the worst part of the story. But uh, there's, <laughs> there's a guy there, and his daughter is 16, and they are a racing family, okay? And this is one of her first kind of major races, if you will, but he had redone this car for his daughter. They have worked on it together. And he says, look, you can use her car. I was like, cool, man, thanks. He's like, hey, no worries. And there's, like, all the safety stuff in it. Sure. Because the guy is going to make sure his, his little girl is okay. And I'm stoked. I'm like, man, this is cool. And the guy's very proud of the car. Obviously, the girl's excited. Whatever. So the four of us and our four individual cars. Yeah, right? I, get a, uh, I get a Honda CRX, which was the Honda Civic, but with the cutoff back yeah, trunk. right. So it was more like a hatchback at the time. Ted got a Chevy Citation. <laughs> All right. And then Ben, I think, was in a, a, like a Toyota or a Nissan Sentra. Either way, here's something else you need to know. The car that Steve picked, she was the only female racing that night. Most of the people who are so racing, they thought <clears throat> most of the most of the people who are racing are teenagers. They're younger. They have worked on the car with their kids and everything else. So I've got another kid's car. Ben's got a kid's car, but these are all guys. This plays very important into the story because Steve's car, it was for the guy's daughter, all right? Mm -hmm. So what he did was, like any other father, he said, my daughter's behind this wheel. This roll cage is going to be super strong. I'm putting a harness professional racing seat in the car. Right. Because it was the only seat in the car. There was no other seats in no, the car. That's it. He put extra reinforcement around the cage of the car. If it was his son, we all know how that works. You know how it goes. Be yeah. careful. Wear a helmet. Stalker, figure right? it out, right? <laughs> You'll be all right. And that plays into the story because it we take saved off. my life. We take off, and, man, it's a Friday night at Evergreen Speedway. We are not, obviously, the feature film. We are the previews for the night, but that doesn't matter. It's a beautiful night in Monroe. The place is freaking packed. It is packed that night, okay? They're doing... School bus stuff, there's, racing. There was a demo derby, derby, school buses, and then a, keep in mind, there was also a roll competition. So these guys, they just gun their car in a straightaway. See how many times they can roll. There's okay. a little ramp, you know what I mean? They go up on two wheels, and they flip their mm -hmm. car. And I want to say the winner of that rolled his two and a half or three and a half times. I don't remember. Yeah, but and that's that what kind of comes right. into play. But he won that particular competition. Okay. Now, one thing you have to know is that there are no windows in the car. Right. So there is glass. just a windshield. Uh, there is sometimes a net. But you can hear everything going on around you. I can look over at Ted at the line and scream, I'm going to kick your ass! Like it's, you know, we're on. Right. We're gunning it. Green flag goes down. We go about three laps. All right. And Steve has now positioned himself from being on the inside to the complete outside of the mm -hmm. track. Ben has cut in. He is on the inside. I am following Ben on the inside looking for a lane. Ted is in the middle between <laughs> Steve on the outside and Ben and myself on the inside. We come around the north turn on this track. Now, Ted is not staying in his lane. Ted decides, because he watched Talladega Nights, and I'm not making this No, up. it was Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder. Yeah. The move. No, we're not kidding. We're not kidding. Rubbin, Rubbin is, is racing. racing, which oh. I'm pretty sure is Talladega Nights. Uh, no, I think it's Days of Thunder. Days of Thunder? Whatever yeah. it Talbot is. Talbot Nights hadn't even come out he, yet, yeah. I don't he, believe. So the crowd's going, but you can hear the crowd, man, because we're only doing like four or five laps. It's not really a big deal. But Ted guns it, 
and basically just clips Steve and sends him flying. Now, well, what I remember saying though, because I, as we're going around this turn, I'm like, he's going to take a tighter turn, right? Because I can see Tetsuya no. coming at me, and it's like, dude, you got to turn, you got. And he hits me. Now he does eventually turn after he ricochets off of me. He hits, but... he hits Steve's. He hits Steve's. He basically t-bones kind of into because Steve's making because turn, I'm turning into the in, into the back yeah. Yeah, yeah. left wheel well and fender in a turn. Right. And Steve's on the outside. This sends this car immediately. End That's over not what end. did it. What sent it in over end was I had maybe a second and a half to see this because I can't believe Ted just hit me because. I cannot believe he's not making a turn. It's obviously a turn. Everyone is turning, but whatever. He hits me. Because you're four dudes on a radio show with borrowed cars on a racetrack. You're right. not going to go dirty with it. But as the Right. Ted did. But as the car <laughs> kind of skids over, I remember you have all the rubber tires as a barrier. I remember thinking, you're about to hit this goddamn thing. And I remember hitting it. And then my next memory is, I think because when you're in a flip, it's a weird thing. I remember thinking, I'm pretty sure this car is upside down. All right. And I did not like that thought. And all of this happened very quickly, but it's amazing how many thoughts go through your head. And as it's upside down, I remember thinking to myself, oh, Jesus, you might die because if this thing lands on the roof, I'm just convinced mm-hmm. I'm smashed. Yeah. All right. So as I'm having this thought, one, I don't realize that I'm spinning. To me, I'm just upside down. But, oh, but we're watching. And it's brutal. But it lands upside down. And I remember watching the windshield just instantly spider. And then like a 3D movie, all these glass chunks blow at me. There's a little bit of noise. And then the car stops, right? And, it's and I realize I'm just hanging there upside down. So my first reaction, there's nobody there. I'm just going, whoa, because I'm not injured. I'm not okay. hurt. But I am upside down. So and he- I remember I remember sitting there, and I'm like, surely someone's going to come over here. And they did. And I see feet. Because, again, you're just strapped in upside yeah. down. And I see these feet, and I realize it's firefighters. All right? And this moment sucked. Okay? So I am not hurt. I'm a little rattled, but I'm not hurt. And they drop down to their hands and knees, and they're looking through the windshield at me. And, and true fireman, I just remember a lot of mustaches. That's not even a joke. <laughs> the guy says, are you okay? Do we need to come in? I said, bro, I'm okay. And I show, I'm moving my arms. I said, I'm all right. I just want to get the hell out of here. But keep in mind, the windshield is broken. All the glass is below me. I'm hanging upside down. He says, unstrap from the seat. And I said, man, I don't want to do that because the glass below me. He's like, dude, you got to unstrap. Now, it's maybe a three-inch drop. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I remember I unhooked this thing. It just slammed into all this glass. Like, Ah! That that was the worst part of the accident. So, my, but, oh, but they dragged me out, and the guy goes, "Look, you're okay." And I go, "And they're pretty thorough." And I said, "Man, I, I probably, maybe there's a concussion. I did not have one." I said, "But that would be the worst." I'm okay. He goes, "Listen, you need to let the crowd know that well, you're let okay." Me cut, let me cut in for a minute here before you finish this, because at this point in time, we are still on the track. Back to the open windows. Okay, there were the crowd was roaring as we're racing when Steve flips the car. Yes. All right. It's, oh, my God. And then it is dead silence. All right. You cannot hear. People are, oh, my God. Oh, and then quiet. And you can hear people just being worried. Now, at this point in time, I'm on the straightaway. <laughs> Ben's in front of me. As we, are, as we are going down the straightaway, this just happened. The ambulance is coming the other way with the lights on. We are, they are there immediately like oh, yeah. this is bad oh they don't mess right? around dude i mean they're, they're, they're flying the other way down so i roll up beside ben and i'm like dude and ben looks at me and he goes he's dead he's <laughs> dead man i'm like i think ted killed steve so then instead of just like even you know a cautionary flag or anything like that when we get back to the start 
they've got they've got hands up. People are standing in the middle of the of the track, which is Cut it down. completely unusual, right. completely unsafe. This even denotes a more serious experience. Then we look over, then we see the lights, then we see the the car and what happened to it, and I'm just like, oh god. And then uh, Ted comes up beside me, and he goes like. Yeah, man, Rubin's racing. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, like he, Ted, Ted, this is this is not phasing. This is Ted. not the time. This is no, but Ted thinks this is what you do. Like this is not. Ted thinks this is racing. That his mission was successful. He, yeah, he did what he was supposed to do. He got thrill out of the match, right. out, of the, out of the race. So then we this go back. This isn't Mario. So Kart, then man. we go back, but we can't see Steve, and we can't see the car because then again, it's flipped over top of this. Tire buried, right? <laughs> it's bad, man. So we don't know. And now we're just slowing down, cut the engine on the car. The, the owners of the cars that we're driving run down. Everybody's running down. The owners of that car running down to Steve's car. And then Steve comes out and puts his hands up in the air. But here's the All thing. I see is two hands rise above these tires. But the dude says, <laughs> in my mind, where the car landed is not where it landed. So in my mind, the crowd is directly behind me. This is what I'm thinking. He faces the wrong but direction. But I'm looking at because he goes, just turn around and wave to the crowd, let them know you're okay. So I try to be a little dramatic. I'm like, I'm all right. And I realize, where the f*** is the crowd? <laughs> yeah. they, behind him. I could not believe how far the car traveled. Now, we had said earlier they had the flipping com uh, competition, and the winner, either two and a half, three and a half times, I flipped seven and a half. All right. I wasn't trying. But the worst part was, so I'm okay. They take me back to the little area that we're, we're kind of at outside, all right, back in the pit, essentially. And I'm talking now to the father that loaned me his car, loaned me his daughter's car. And I'm like, man, I don't know how bad it is, you know, but because they're like, they're, first they're checking my health. I'm okay. Now, as I'm talking to them, this flatbed uh, truck starts rolling down the road, and this car is f***ed up. There's another way. There's another left. There's Dude, nothing left of the car. I mean. Oh, nothing left of the car. No. <laughs> Car's destroyed. They brought back a yellow paperweight. Yeah. I felt so, You felt so bad. bad. You didn't do a damn thing. No, but, but Ted, still, Ted's man. Like, but, that, but that girl was supposed to race. This yeah, was her big race, man. They've been I, working on that car for months no. in the garage. I felt awful, man. But here's the point. He put that roll bar in there to protect his little girl. Yes. Brother, without that thing, yeah. this is... I am not here. There is no chance no, I, I survived that without do you, that. And, and one more note on this, uh, Mike. Do you know what happened the next time we went up to Evergreen Speedway? They put you guys in a booth and just sat you there. No, we, we never were invited back <laughs> after that. Yeah. So did the station like get a bill for the car or anything like nope. that? No, like, no. no I, we did raise of... money for the car. Yeah. Just like, And we only needed like 1500 bucks. It wasn't, you know, just, hey, man, they just need a new car. Because the father was like, look, if you can get me a new car. And he wasn't demanding this. Sure. That's something I got to do. Somebody says, "Let me get a car." He goes, "Dude, it's not going to cost more than fifteen hundred dollars." The point is, we rebuild these ourselves. Just gave me the shell, but because what I gave him back, he gave me a sheet of paper. When I gave it back, it was half burned and crumpled. You know, I mean, it's just like, right? You you can't reuse this, right? Jay, that was a good idea. We forgot about that. Yay! Thanks, Ted. Yeah, thanks for reminding <laughs> us. There you go on the greatest story never told podcast. You've been listening to The Greatest Story Never Told with Miles and Thrill on Radio.com. Oh, man. A Double Flush production.